Shall we pray uh, together before we uh, come to God's word? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you uh, for the Bible. Uh, we thank you uh, that it is your word and you speak to us from it. And we do pray this morning uh, that you would come and speak to each one of us this morning. Change us, we pray, uh, and make us more like the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, well, do uh, have your Bibles open uh, if you've got them with you uh, at num- uh, Numbers chapter 13 uh, and 14, and we'll be looking uh, at this account together. Uh, and really, this story, uh, this account from the Bible, does span uh, these two chapters. Uh, a bit of background, uh, sort of where, where are we in the Bible leading up uh, to this point? The children of Israel are God's people. They've been slaves in Egypt uh, for 400 years. They've been in Egypt. And God has miraculously uh, taken them out of Egypt. They've crossed the Red Sea. And they're about to enter uh, the land of Canaan. And that's where we are uh, here in these two chapters. God has promised that his people, the Israelites, would live in the land of Canaan. And they're about to enter uh, that land. God has promised it to Abraham that his descendants would live in this land and he's repeated this promise uh, several times and now here they are about to go uh, into the promised land. But before we look at uh, some of the detail uh, in this passage, what is it all about? What is these chapters, Numbers chapter 13 and 14, all about? What can we learn uh, today from these chapters. Let me read to you a couple of verses that we didn't read uh, that shed some light on what is going on uh, in these two chapters. If we have read on in chapter 14, we'd have read these words. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has wholly followed me. And then later on in Numbers, we read, Surely none of the men who came up from Egypt from 20 years old and above shall see the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. Did you see the word that kept being repeated? These two chapters are about what it is to follow the Lord. And we see here the people of Israel refusing to follow the Lord, except Caleb and Joshua. And so as we look at this, uh, these chapters today, we're going to consider what is it uh, to follow the Lord? What is it to follow Jesus Christ? And these two chapters teach us what it is to follow after God, to follow the Lord and to follow Jesus Christ. If you're to read the Bible, the commands to follow comes up time and time again. Jesus commands it many times in the gospel. Follow me, follow me. You can read it uh, in each of the gospels, Jesus commanding, follow me. If you're not a Christian uh, here today, if you've never come to trust in the Lord Jesus, the command is to follow Jesus. Jesus commands it. And if you are a Christian, if you have got to that point where you've put your trust in Jesus Christ as your saviour, the command is no different. Jesus still says to you, follow me, keep following 
Jesus Christ. Three things uh, from this chapter, uh, from these chapters, that show us what it is then to follow the Lord. Firstly, there are hardships, there are difficulties when we follow the Lord. Don't let anyone uh, convince you or try and get you to think that if you become a Christian, if you trust in the Lord Jesus, that life will automatically become easier. Nothing could be further from the truth. Christians still get ill. Christians still have family issues. Christians still have financial issues. Christians still have heartaches, pains, difficulties, sickness. They still happen to faithful Christians who follow the Lord. Don't let anyone convince you that if you become a Christian, life will just automatically Everything will be fine. Everything will be sorted and life will be easier. Jesus says himself, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. If you're going to be someone who follows the Lord Jesus, it is a daily battle to say no to sin, to say yes to the things that God wants from you. It's a daily struggle to follow the Lord Jesus. It isn't easy to follow him. There are three areas, I think, of difficulty that we see uh, in this chapter. Firstly, there are giants. There were giants in the land. Look at verses 27 to 29 of chapter 13. They're coming back, they're giving a report of the land that they spied out. Then they told Moses, uh, so they told him, and that's Moses, and said... We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Have you ever asked anyone uh, how their day has been? And they come up with something positive to say. Well, they say, well, this part of my day was good. And you know by the tone of the voice, you think there's a but coming. There's going to be a but, and they're going to say something negative. And it seems to be what's happening here in this chapter is they give a report back of the land. They tell Moses, well, the land is flowing with milk and honey like you told us. The fruit of the land is good, nevertheless. But, Moses, you didn't tell us about the giants in the land. You didn't tell us about all these people that dwell in the land that are against us, our enemies living in this land. What do they say? The cities are fortified and very large. There are giants in this land. Humanly speaking, to take the promised land was impossible. This was a group of slaves. They'd been slaves for years and years and years. And they're going into a land of warriors, strong cities, and God is saying, that's the land you're to live in. How can slaves go and take over a land where there are strong cities and giant warriors in that land? But it was God who had said they were to go into that land. 
And yes, it was difficult. There were barriers in the way. But it was God's plan. It was God's desire for them to go into that promised land. If you're a Christian here today, God has got a purpose for you in your life. The purpose for the children of Israel at this point in their history was to enter the promised land. That is what God had them to do at this time. If you're a Christian, God has something for you to do in your life. But there will be difficulties uh, in fulfilling it. Whatever God has for you to do, don't expect it to be easy. There will be obstacles in your way. There are huge barriers in the way for the children of Israel to enter the land. Cities that were strong, giants to overcome. But God still wanted them to do it. What work has God got for you to do? If you're a Christian, he has a work for you to do. But expect it to be difficult. Expect obstacles to come in the way. Maybe it'll be ill health and you battle with ill health, but God still wants you to do what he wants you to do. Maybe it's tiredness. Maybe there'll be financial difficulty. Maybe you'll have family issues which you have to deal with. Whatever uh, the difficulties and the battles you face, there are huge difficulties and trials that we face in life. But God still wants you to fulfill the ministry that he's given you. There will be difficulties to overcome, but you should still keep going with what God wants you to do. I don't want to make light of any of the issues that we face in life. Some of you will face huge issues, and maybe even now you're going through huge trials and difficulties, and you think, how can I face the next day? We do have massive issues and difficulties in life. The circumstances of life can be difficult. But be very careful as a Christian before you say, I'm going to stop doing what God wants me to do. I'm going to stop serving the Lord because I've got these difficulties in life. There will be difficulties to serve God, but keep serving the Lord. Be careful before you say, I'm not going to be involved in the witness of the church. I'm not going to come out uh, to the midweek prayer meeting because I'm tired or ill. I don't feel like it. There's too many issues going on in my life. Be very careful before you have that attitude. Life is tough. The circumstances of life are difficult. God knows that, but he still says, follow me and do that work which I've given you to do. So there are giants in the land, but the second hardship it, it, it is that it is lonely following the Lord. It is lonely to follow the Lord. Twelve men spied out the land, only two of them followed the Lord. 600,000 men came out of the land of Egypt, plus the women, plus the children, plus the Levites, maybe two million people in the congregation came out of Egypt. And only two of them said, we're to follow the Lord and to go into the land. Sometimes the Christian life can be lonely. Sometimes you'll feel, why am I bothering keeping on 
seeking to follow God, keeping on living the way that he wants me to live, no one else around seems to be doing it. The Christian life can be lonely. But we follow our saviour, Jesus Christ. Jesus was lonely in fulfilling the ministry that he had to do. When he died on the cross, when he bore the punishment for our sins, he died alone. His friends forsook him. His closest followers, the ones who said that they'd never deny him, they'd never leave him, they left and forsook the Lord Jesus. And as the sky went black, even he was separated from his own father, from God himself. Jesus was separated and died alone. As Jesus died, he was alone. The Christian life can be lonely. We follow the Lord Jesus. And sometimes that will mean loneliness. Maybe it'll be at work or at your place of uh, study. You think, I'm the only Christian here. No one else around me uh, wants to live the way I do. It can be lonely seeking to be a witness in those places. But Jesus knows what it is to be alone. He died alone. <laughs> Maybe it's even in the church and you're seeking to follow the Lord and other Christians around you don't want to take the same course of action and they don't go the same way and you think, I'm the only Christian seeking to be serious about following the Lord and living a holy life and witnessing to others. Sometimes it can be lonely, but even when it's lonely and you feel that no one else is with you, the command is still to follow the Lord Jesus. So there are obstacles to following the Lord Jesus. It's lonely following Jesus. And thirdly, there is opposition uh, to following Jesus Christ. Look at chapter 14 uh, and verse 10. Joshua and Caleb, they've come out of the land. They've said, look, we can go in and take this land. Chapter 14, verse 10. The congregation said to stone them with stones. Joshua and Caleb, following the Lord, doing the right thing, seeking to go the way that God wants, and yet they're met with opposition. The whole of the people saying, kill them, away with them. And all they were doing was seeking uh, to do what God would have them do. Again, Jesus says uh, in John chapter 15, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. People won't like it when you follow Jesus Christ. Unbelievers won't like it if you seek to live the way that Jesus wants you to live. It's not a popular message uh, that we have to share with unbelievers, that they're sinners deserving of God's judgment and that Jesus is the only way to be forgiven. People won't like it if you seek to share that message with them and will be against you for it. And sometimes even Christians, when you seek to take a stand on a particular issue, might be opposed to you and against you uh, taking that stand and seeking uh, to follow the Lord. It can be lonely, but there's also opposition when we seek to follow Jesus Christ. So firstly then, we've seen 
If we're following the Lord, if you want to follow the Lord, expect there to be difficulty. There will be obstacles in the way. There will be times of loneliness and there will be times of opposition. So there are difficulties. Secondly, then, if you want to follow the Lord, there are consequences if you don't. There are consequences if you don't follow Christ. Here, the people of Israel didn't do what God wanted them to do. They didn't follow Christ except Joshua and Caleb. What happened to the people of Israel? None of them entered the promised land. The land that God had given, flowing with milk and honey, that God had said there'd be peace in that land, you'll dwell in that land safely. None of those that rejected Joshua and Caleb's advice went into that land. Only Joshua and Caleb entered the promised land. And instead of being in a land where they were eating um, at peace, eating honey, drinking milk, instead of being in that land, they spent 40 years wandering the desert. And this one decision they took not to enter the land had disastrous consequences for them. Who were the spies uh, that were sent into the land? Chapter 13, verse 2. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. Leaders, the leaders of the tribes, didn't follow the Lord, and they led the people astray. The leaders went to spy out the land, and ten of them came back, giving a bad report of the land. Are you a Christian leader? Are you a leader? Do you lead others uh, in what you do? Do you have any responsibility for other people? Be warned. Here, the leaders didn't follow the Lord, and it meant two million people were in the wrong place for 40 years. They didn't enter the land and instead wandering the deserts. And before you say, this doesn't apply to me, I'm not a Christian leader. Who is a leader? Are you a husband? You lead your family. Are you a parent? You lead your children. What ministries do you help out in in the church? Are you involved in the children's work? or any of the other ministries in the church, you have a responsibility for those people in that work, your leaders to some extent. If you're a Christian, you do have responsibility for other people to some extent, whether it's the people that you mix with day to day. If they're not believers, you're to be a witness to them and point them to the Lord Jesus. You have some responsibility for others. But there's a danger here. Here the leaders didn't follow the Lord. You don't have to be a Christian for very long before you hear of people that once were leaders in the church but can lead no longer because they've fallen into sin. Or maybe they've got distracted from the main issue and now they're sort of pursuing side issues and no longer leading people uh, to Christ. Maybe you know Christians who were once keen spiritually, but now uh, seem to be nowhere. There's a danger here 
for all of us. Even the leaders went astray and didn't follow the Lord. Don't be that person who ceases to follow the Lord. Keep reading the scriptures. Keep praying. Keep trusting and looking to the Lord Jesus and keep following him. The leaders here, they influenced the people and the people followed the leaders and didn't enter the promised land. If you cease to follow the Lord, if you cease uh, to desire to do what is right and to do and to live as he wants, you will affect other people. If your walk with God is not as it should be, others will be affected uh, by that. The people didn't end up in the land because the leaders didn't follow the Lord. So the leaders, they didn't follow the Lord, but they influenced the people. But the people here are still responsible for not entering the promised land. The leaders, they were accountable. They didn't follow the Lord, but the people followed the leaders. If you follow people who go astray, even if you're not a leader yourself, you're still responsible yourself to make sure you are following the Lord. It's not an excuse to say, my church leaders went astray, therefore I went astray. You personally, you must follow hard after God. There's no excuse. You're responsible for your own life to keep following the Lord. So are you following the Lord? Are you seeking to live as he wants you to live day by day? The consequences here are disastrous. The people did not enter the land. There are consequences. There will be consequences in your life if you cease to follow the Lord and cease to seek to please him. If you're a Christian but cease to follow the Lord, God still will be with you. God promises that. But you won't know the joy of following the Lord. David said uh, in Psalm 51, didn't he? Restore to me the joy of your salvation. He was still saved, but when he fell into sin, the joy had gone. The joy will cease in your life if you as a Christian stop following the Lord. So he's seen it is difficult to follow the Lord. There are consequences when we don't follow the Lord. But finally, there are great blessings if you do follow Christ. There are great blessings if you do follow Christ. Notice what Caleb and Joshua say in chapter 14, verse 9. In chapter 14, at the end of, that, uh, in the end of verse 9, and the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. If you're a Christian seeking to follow the Lord, God is with you. The Lord is with you. If you have got to that point where you've trusted in Christ and got to that point where you've realised I need to have my sins forgiven, I need to put my trust in Christ as my saviour, he promises to be with you, always with you, never forsaken you. God is with you. If you've never got to that point of trusting in the Lord Jesus, the opposite is true. God isn't with you. God is not with you. He doesn't promise to be with you for the rest of your life. 
Why should you follow the Lord? Why should you follow Jesus Christ? Why wouldn't you come to him to know forgiveness of sins? Because when you do, God promises to be with you. The almighty, all-powerful God, the creator of this world, is with you, personally, individually, with you. As Christians, we know that God is with us, but often we don't experience it. Why is it that so often, as a Christian, we know that God is with us, but it feels like he's distant? Sometimes, maybe you can look back in your life and you can look back and say, I knew God with me at that particular time. Maybe you had to step out and be a witness and share the gospel with someone and you didn't know how you were going to do it and you knew God was with you and you knew God helping you. Maybe you've had to take a stand over an issue at work and you've known the Lord's help in a very real way. But the question comes, why is it that day by day I don't experience God with me uh, as I want. God is with you if you're a Christian, always with you, but sometimes we don't experience it in the ways that we at other times do. You need to ask yourself this question. Sometimes when you don't experience God with you, ask yourself, am I following the Lord as I should be? Am I living as I should? Jesus says in John chapter 14, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Do you ever feel as a Christian that God is distant and far from you? Ask yourself this question, am I living as I should before the Lord? Am I following the Lord as I should? Am I experiencing God with me? Is there sin in your life that needs to be dealt with? God is always with you if you're a Christian, but sometimes the experience, we don't know it because there's sin in the way. So the blessings of following the Lord God is with us, and we know God to be with us when we follow the Lord. Secondly, and this really follows on, there is a confidence that comes from following the Lord. God is with us, and that gives us confidence. Look at chapter 13 uh, and verses 30 and 31. We see two different responses to the problems of taking the land. There were giants in the land. There were fortified cities. But Caleb says in verse 30, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Then verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. We see Caleb's response, we're well able to overcome it. Caleb, who knows the Lord to be with him, has a confidence from knowing God with him and says, we can go up. God is with us. We can do this. We're well able uh, to do this task. And those who weren't following the Lord, the men who weren't following God, no confidence in God to complete what God has said they should do. We're not able to overcome it. There are giants. There are cities uh, in this land. See, two responses. Caleb, who's following the Lord, 
It brings him great confidence. He knows his God. He knows that even though there are giants, even though there are cities in this land, he knows his God. He knows God to be with him. And he says, we're able to do this because it's what God wants. What does God have for you uh, to do in your life? What people has God put in your life that he wants you to influence? Whether unbelievers, what people has he put in for you to witness to? What Christians has he put in your life uh, for you to influence and to disciple? Do you feel overwhelmed and that you can't do the task that God has given you to do? Well, look to God. Caleb knew God with him and it gave him confidence. If God has given you something to do, he gives you all the strength you need to complete that task. God doesn't give you something to do and then leave you and leave you to yourself uh, to carry out that task on your own. God will give you all the strength you need. And so day by day, as you go through the week and you think, How do I care for my family? How do I witness to these people at work? How do I disciple those younger Christians at church? How can I keep going and do the tasks that God has given me to do? Look to God. He doesn't ask you to do things that he doesn't equip you uh, to do. God is with you and will help you. And so you can be confident that, yes, I can carry out this task. Keep following the Lord because God uh, is with you. Finally, then, God will bring us through. Uh, Chapter 14, uh, verse 8. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. Those barriers and obstacles that we so often face when we try and serve the Lord and follow the Lord, God will remove and God will bring us through. Follow him and whatever it is, Uh, that God has for you to do. Keep following him and God will bring you through to the end. Ultimately, the promised land here is a picture of heaven. And as Christians, it seems like heaven can sometimes be far off. We think, how many more years of this life do I have to live before I reach heaven? And it seems, how can I keep going uh, until I get to heaven? But God will bring you through. Whatever you have to do here on this earth, whatever life brings your way, whatever circumstances in your life that God puts in your life, God will bring you through one day to heaven. What does uh, Caleb say, Caleb and Joshua say, if the Lord delights in us? Does God delight in you? If you're a Christian, if you've come to the cross, God delights in you as his own child and he will bring you through. He'll bring you through all the trials and the difficulties of life. He'll bring you through when it seems hard to follow him. He'll keep you. He'll bring you through and one day to an inheritance incorruptible to heaven. God will bring you through in the end. You have a wonderful future to look forward to. Following the Lord here on this earth is short. The trials, the difficulties that come with following Christ are short. 
Heaven is forever. It's eternal. It goes on forever and ever. God will take you there. If you've trusted in Christ, he will bring you through. You can be confident of that. So God is with us if we're following the Lord. There's a confidence that comes uh, when we follow the Lord. And God will bring you through one day if you follow him. As we finish, a word to those here uh, who aren't believers, who haven't trusted yet in Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection. If you've never come to that point, where you said, I need to have my sins forgiven, I need to have my wrong dealt with by the Lord Jesus. Let me say that the Christian life does have difficulties. It's not easy. Let's not pretend that. The Christian life isn't always easy. But there are consequences if you never come to Christ for forgiveness of sins. The Bible is very real. It speaks of a place called hell, Eternal punishment, separation from God forever. If you never come to Christ, there are serious consequences. Uh, There's eternity separated from God if you don't ever come to Christ. But coming to Christ, there's great blessings when you do come to Christ. You know the creator of the world. You know him with you uh, here in this world. You can be confident when you face life's trials. You can know your sins forgiven. You can know peace with God. And you can know an eternity in heaven. Secure, safe, happy, blessed forever in heaven. If you've never come to the cross of Christ and known your sins forgiven, let me urge you, come to Christ and know forgiveness of sins. There's great blessing when you do it. Come to Christ, call out to Christ and say, I need to be forgiven. Trust in the one who paid for your sin in your place. Will you trust him and come to his cross and know sins forgiven? And to you uh, who have got to that point, who are Christians, who are seeking to follow the Lord, it's the same message. Let me encourage you. It will be hard along the way. There will be difficulties to keep following after God. But don't cease to follow him when it gets tough. Keep seeking to follow Christ. If you don't, again, there are consequences. You won't know the joy of God with you in this life. You won't know uh, the peace that God can give if you cease to follow the Lord. But there are great blessings uh, in keeping on following the Lord. You know God with you no matter what the difficulties. You know God to be with you in this life. And you can keep going because you've got heaven to look forward to. Remember Your home is heaven. Your home is not this world. Your home is heaven. So press on and keep seeking uh, to follow him. Let's uh, sing, uh, shall we, our final hymn. Uh, I want to walk with Jesus Christ all the days 